Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Brady and I am here with Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management Services Report on Business. This is the larger part of the economy for the United States. And we always enjoy talking to Anthony. There's some very interesting things happening in your report this month, Anthony. So give us an overview and then we'll jump into the sub-indexes and see how things are changing. Great, well, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, this morning's release, the composite index came in at 56.7, which is up 1.4 percentage points month over month. There's been a lot of chatter this morning around this report. Uh, people saying like, wow, the services came in, uh, look stronger than what came in on the manufacturing side and what's behind it. And we can get into that this morning, uh, just to give a quick overview uh, of this report. We have to keep in mind that um, when we have our committee members selected by ISM, uh, actually, and we solicit and, and those members join on their own uh, volition, they are representative of all 18 industries that comprise the services sector. And it's based on their contribution to GDP. And we have representatives from small, medium, and large companies. And month over month, we ask them questions as what's going on in their respective companies. So these numbers come in based on the aggregate of what the respondents tell us. And then we also extrapolate commentary from them, comments, and we have some anecdotal information that we always go through month over month. And uh, it gives us a really good reading of what's going on in the economy. And historically, when you look at the ISM report on business, it tracks closer to GDP than anything else out there. So that's my uh, plug for ISM and the ROB this morning. Uh, to get more into the specific numbers, uh, we see that business activity is also up 3.8 percentage points. 59.9 from the 56.1. New orders also grew significantly, up 4.3 percentage points to 59.9. Employment at 49.9 continues to contract, down 1.7 percentage points. And supply deliveries are still slowing, but we've seen some easing in the supply chain, but still at 57.8, that's a robust number. It's, up, it's down 4.1 percentage points. So. So it does kind of indicate that things are getting a little better. So I like to always highlight those four sub-indexes that comprise the, uh, uh, the composite index. And we can get into a little more detail as we go on in the show here this morning, but things are still progressing well for the services sector at this point in time, regardless of the uh, pressures that we're seeing from uh, you know, the recessionary pressures and inflation and everything else. Anthony, I'm just curious because it looks like uh, the supply chain is uh, firming back up. Is transportation, particularly truck transportation, improving or are they still struggling? Very struggling, very much so. In fact, our respondents indicated that things, uh, overland trucking has been a challenge uh, for both sectors for quite some time, well before the pandemic, and it's been ongoing. We've had struggles with capacity as we know in the prior months and a component of that is the transportation piece. We've had not only the trucking, but slow rail delivery. We knew about the port congestion as well, but trucking right now is tough as we've had that pent up demand released in the prior months, you know, over the course of the last year, year and a half, 
uh, it's become really challenging with not just the drivers, but the equipment itself. So it's been an ongoing situation. That's why we continue to see um, backlog and the supplier delivery slowing, even though things look like they're improving a little bit month over month, still a, still an impediment for the, the services sector. I see restaurants and retail beginning to feel some softening. Uh, what are they doing in terms of hiring? Are they still looking to hire or are they going to take a hold and wait a pro? You must be clairvoyant because you are hitting on all the good points. <laughs> the, the hiring, it, it's, you know, it's a mixed bag because certain industries are laying off. You know, we're reading about the technology sector laying off, but these customer facing industries has, has been an ongoing situation for them specifically in the accommodation and food services industry, as well as retail. You know, the customer facing jobs, they're tough. In the, in the hospitality industry, that's hard work, different you know, hours are, are much different than just straight nine to five. And the operators are struggling. They can't backfill all the open positions. You see help wanted signs all the time. You see uh, staffing uh, restrictions that, uh, not so much staffing restrictions, but because of staffing restrictions, they have limited uh, seating capabilities or hours of operation. They've had to, uh, services suffered. The quality of the worker has also, uh, I hate to use the word deteriorated, but it's kind of definitely downgraded a little bit. <clears throat> and this is coming directly from not only our member respondents, but just when I'm out casually dining and speaking to operators out there, they're telling me it's just an ongoing challenge for them. It's just very difficult to uh, recruit and, and retain workers in that area. They're there's a, there's a lot of opportunity for, for people out there to work in other industries and may not be as tedious and there's wage pressure and there's increased hourly wages. And so there's a whole litany of uh, issues that are you know, confronting that, that hospitality uh, industry. It's fascinating to me, Anthony, as your report does track with a GDP and your report is still positive, strong, a, a slight uptick from the prior month. How does that track right now with GDP when we're seeing first quarter was down 1.6 and second quarter was down 0.9? How is it tracking with the GDP now? Well, when you look at it, and again, we're just taking a snapshot of this from the month, but if you annualize it, it goes to a 2.4% GDP growth. It's off of where it was in some of the past months. If you look at the composite, you know, the running average uh, for 12 months is 60.2. And we're well below that at the 56.7. And the two prior months were even less. We've actually had a nice little uptick uh, because from April was 57.1. And then it went down each month after that until this little increase that we had of 1.4 percentage point. So, um, and this is very consistent with what we saw from uh, what we had heard from our members um, in the semi-annual forecast. They said we would see this continued incremental growth uh, for the balance of the year, 2022. Uh, we're not seeing the strong uh, growth rate that we had uh, prior to, and we have to keep in mind not to you know, be repetitive, but we had that pent up demand. And once that was released, we had really strong numbers coming from that. And then it can only go, I feel a little bit less each month and or else the economy would overheat. We're not seeing that now. We have this you know recessionary talk going on. Uh, 
whether or not we're in a recession remains to see uh, be seen what comes out from the economists, you know, from the uh, Council of Economic Advisors and see what they say, because they look at things beyond just uh, contraction of GDP. They look at inflation, they look at um, the, the yield rates and everything else. The one thing that makes this an anomaly is the low unemployment that we have. 3.6% unemployment, people are working if they wanna work. There's others that are not doing so well. It just depends, uh, you know, it's an individual thing and it's an industry specific thing. Yes, no doubt. Uh, what's fascinating to me is new orders of business activity, both just a hair below 60, which is a pretty hot number. How are they doing so well? Well, keep in mind, we're talking cycle time, lead time, right? So business activity is, is strong. We've had some good orders transposed from prior months, uh, new orders when that index is high. So we're looking at this. It's not as long a lead time as you see on the manufacturing side, but this is a good indication. I like to look at September as being a pivotal month of when we know we're going into that holiday season. So you see retail's already planning ahead. Other industries are planning ahead to see what's going to go on uh, for us in this as we get toward the last quarter of the year. Um, one thing I should point out, you look at the manufacturing side, I know you had Tim on the show uh, just the other day and the numbers there aren't as strong as, as far as the growth rate because they're, they're, they're continuing to grow as well. And I always like to look at manufacturing as the bellwether because they lead into recessionary periods. They've let out of recessionary periods. But keep in mind, we're in the summer months. Summer historically is a little bit of a slowdown on the manufacturing side. Plants close down, vacations, people travel. You don't, ha you don't have the same production output in the summer for manufacturing as you do in other, other months of the year. I do want to point out to our listeners and viewers that the ISM manufacturing report on business is a fascinating report because, as Anthony just said, manufacturing will indicate recession before services, and it will indicate expansion coming out of a recession before services. And the ISM report reports that. So if you're following the report, you can see the numbers move and get a feel for where the economy might be headed. So if you're not accessing the ISM report, you are really missing a key component for what's likely to happen in the next couple of months. And, and while I'm chatting on that, Anthony, what does it look like for Q3? Q3, you know, right now, when we're looking at the composite index and all the other indexes here, um, it's, it's consistent with what our respondents have been telling us all along, continued growth. All right, we have headwinds for sure, potential headwinds, I should say, but right now it's continued growth and it's going to continue through the balance of the year. 2023, we'll have to wait and see. Right now, keep in mind everything, a trend is not one month, a trend is not two months, three, four months, that's a trend. And we've had a consistent growth rate going forward. Uh, and as well as when you look back, uh, we've had 26 straight months of growth uh, for the uh, services sector. I, I think the big challenge right now is how we weather uh, these recessionary pressures that we're seeing. Inflation somewhat peaked. Everything I'm reading about it, 
you know, we see it in the fuel prices have come down a little bit. We've seen some commodity costs have, you know, retreated from the highs. Uh, so, and that's spurring some things. We still have some consumer confidence issues, but um, I was talking about this earlier today. We're seeing less maybe at this point in time spent on tangible goods. People are spending money on experiences. Look on your social media. How many people you know are out traveling? They're in another country somewhere or they're on vacation doing things. And so people are still out there spending money. It's just not on the, uh, the typical consumer products that you might see. So that's pulled back a little bit. We've had shortages in appliances still, right? Um, I know I just read this morning that we've had um, uh, mortgage uh, applications went up for the first time uh, in, a, in a couple of months now. Uh, and everyone was concerned about the interest rate increase, right? But the Fed had to do something to stave off this inflation. And the best way to combat that is by raising the basis points, uh, increasing the basis points on, on interest rates. And, um, you know, the markets reacted favorably, uh, uh, favorably to the last rate increase, which was surprising. Uh, I think there's some potentials out there as far as we're talking about headwinds, but I think overall, uh, we're still in a pretty strong economy. And uh, this sector kind of is hinged on how employment goes. And even though it's contracted uh, for this month, for the second month in a row, I can say that um, it's not because there's not available jobs out there. It's just going back to that restricted labor pool. And it's been tough for some of these companies to hire or find the suitable, applicable workers for their needs. Anthony, you're on for mainstream media shows who ask you about this report and the numbers in the report. Are you getting a lot of uh, questions from mainstream media that all are in the same vein? Are we in a recession? Are we in a recession? They, they were asking questions about what does it look like? Do we do, do our respondents feel like the recession is going to be a, an issue if we do enter a recession? We're not there yet. We have to wait until the the uh, the uh, experts out there, the twelve economists on the advisory council, that say, "Hey, we're we're technically, and not just technically, but we are in a recession." I think because of the anomaly of what I mentioned earlier about unemployment being so low, and there is business activity out there, and there is profitability, that um, it's going to be a little bit of a analysis and. There is some hesitancy is coming right out and saying, yes, we are in a recession. Now, I did point this out on the teleconference this morning. We know how corporate America thinks. If there's a hint of a recession, contingency plans get implemented, right? Cost containment, cost reduction, hiring freeze. You know, they batten down the hatches, you know, they, they make sure that, you know, let's keep the gunpowder dry when we're in the storm, right? So that's what, that's how companies react. Just hopefully we don't get to where we talk ourselves into the recession, right? So, um, but overall, uh, I would say in, in totality, looking at from what our respondents are telling us, they're mostly positive about conditions right now. Um, doesn't mean that may, can't change and, and we have a shift in that in the next month, but uh, so far everything looks pretty good. Well, you bring up an interesting uh, point because it's quite common for the media to report things like we're in a recession, we're in a technical recession, and the consumer that drives 70% of the buying in the economy gets nervous. 
and they start chattering with each other. How's your job looking? Are you secure? Uh, and then everybody starts getting nervous. So they start to pull back on spending. And you're right. Talk us into a recession. It, it's not unusual. You know, I started out this morning on the uh, on the show when I was talking about the structure of the report and how how uh, the indexes are comprised as far as from our member member responses. And, um, you know, because there is some other things that come out and people are saying, why are your why is your number so strong? Why are the new orders up like you just pointed out and this that and it's where I can't stress enough. Um, and I'm, it's not like I'm trying to uh, project uh, credibility for the ISM report on business. I've been a chief procurement officer. I've been involved in supply management for over 30 years. And this report, as you know, tracks as close to GDP as anything. And why is that? Because supply management professionals are all that makes up the committee members in this report. And as I mentioned earlier, they're based on small, medium, large companies that com are based on their contribution to GDP and it's weighted that way. And so what do supply managers have, uh, supply managers have as an advantage to say other uh, type of uh, reports that hire consultants or uh, whatever, they, they, the supply management professionals, they move across the enterprise of their companies. They, with almost every discipline. So they're able to go out and obtain that information, even if it's not at their own fingertips, because they are the ones that can really uh, navigate an enterprise better than anybody. So that's why our report tracks the way it does. The ISM, and for those uh, viewers and, and listeners, you can find it at ismworld.org, is all about supply chain management. How is the supply chain looking at the moment? I know that supply chain managers have been running around with their hair on fire at about Mach 3 for the last two years. Uh, as links in the chain broke down quite rapidly and unexpectedly, and they've been trying to piece things back together, is anything firming up anywhere in the supply chain? Well, we've seen we've seen some easing at, at the ports, right? We don't have the same type of congestion that we did just a few months back. But again, you know, we look at the intermodal components of of logistics. And we're still having issues with trucking. We're still having issues with rail service. Um, right now, and this came right from one of our member, uh, uh, one of the respondents comments said, we always focused on strategic cost management. Right now it's continuity of supply. Okay, so everyone is focused on making sure that they're able to meet their needs and uh, for their respective companies. And it speaks to inventory levels. We see inventories are contracting, right? It went down to 45 from the 47.5. So we've had contraction of inventories two months in a row. And the respondents, one of the comments came back saying, hey, we're burning off safety stock. Um, and you know, they accelerated orders in the past, trying to combat the longer lead times and the slowing supplier deliveries. And then there was a point where they had too much, but inventories are comprised of many different components, many different things that they're using. So they may be overstocked on the PPE, you know, the personal protective equipment, because the need is not there as it was, say, a year ago. But then there's other types of supplies. And you can see it on the shelves when you go to the supermarket. You notice pack sizes have changed, labels have changed, availability. It's not like there's no food on the shelves. It's just not the same 
uh, quantity and the same labels and the same packaging that you've seen in the past. So there's been adjustments in the linkages of, of the supply chain. Yes, no doubt. Uh, 6.99 is now 6.99. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm just curious in terms of, because we're right at that month where you begin to see a movement of goods for the coming holidays. Either they're putting together the order China ready to ship or they're already moving across the oceans. Is that likely to be disrupted for retail this year or uh, because one report I heard said you'll be getting your Christmas goods in January? Hard to say at this point in time. Again, it's all supply and demand, right? And we don't know what the demand will be. We can see the supply ahead of time. So we can say things that, yes, you'll get your stuff in January. There's certain things that we still have a challenge with. We know anything with computer chips is an issue. It was an issue that affected vehicle sales. It's affected many different products, consumer electronic products out there. If we look in the commodity list every month, there's something there with electronic components or electrical components, either up in price, short in supply. Um, so that's an ongoing issue and that could very well impact what's going on for the holiday season. Yet you hit it on the head, the orders are already in. Now it's just a matter of how does the supply match up to the demand and what are the lead times? And so it, this all remains to be seen. We don't have the exact uh, projections on that. And I don't think anyone does. I mean, it's more about the best educated guess at this point in time. I was that there was some scuttlebutt about the longshoremen because their contract expired, I think early July and they may be working out of contract right now haven't heard any bad news that we have a contract dispute problem. Have you heard anything on your end? Have your supply managers heard anything? You know, we, we, we're not tracking that specifically through this report, but I'm hearing the same thing you're hearing, uh, that it could have been a potential challenge. They're still working through things that we haven't had any interruption based on the labor issue at this point in time, but could be a wait Let's get a little more leverage and see what happens. Uh, you know, that's that could be the mindset there. I'm just, you know, kind of projecting that, but I don't, I don't know for sure. Right. Yeah, it's difficult to project which way that will play out. But hopefully, they'll come to a contract agreement that will impact the holiday season. It's fascinating to watch, particularly the retail sector, a large sector that has to order months and months in advance to get the goods on. Uh, containers on ship, cross unloaded on trucks to the stores. Uh, it's an incredible process. It's probably six months long. Uh, and that we are all hoping that that stays stable. Anthony, anything else that we should be looking at in terms of services, either things that are improving or headwinds that are building? Well, I think overall things are improving. The headwinds as we've been talking about this morning is uh, recessionary uh, thoughts of around you know, the recessionary pressures and uh, how the economy will pan out, what will interest rates do? This is all that uncertainty that's on the forefront of everyone's mind, uh, specifically the supply management professionals. Um, they're worried about uh, how's this going to impact those geopolitical considerations. Uh, we don't know what's going on. We haven't heard 
a whole lot about the war in Ukraine right now, but it's it's still ongoing. I mean, we, it's still in the headlines, but it's not as much in your face as it was even two months ago. And uh, some of the supply issues that came from that. Uh, Europe seems to be on a little bit of a better rebound right now. So that, that helps us because as our economy is becoming more global, even though we're specifically measuring domestic activity here. Um, so again, I, uh, not to be repetitive, but we talked about this, they're focused on continuity of supply. So that's the other big thing that's on the forefront of the mind of supply management professionals right now. Yes, clearly when demand is this high, continuity of supply is the thing to focus on. And when demand softens, then you get a little more uh, price, less price pressure so that you can negotiate a little better. Then they can work on tweaking that. But getting the shelves full, as we've seen, and they haven't been full, is clearly the critical element. Definitely, definitely. But and things are still looking pretty good right now. I mean, uh, yes, there's. we're all concerned about whether or not uh, we'll, we'll see GDP uh, grow. Uh, we've had the two successive uh, measurements of decline, so hopefully uh, uh, it turns around. But And the yield curve, uh, you know, that's the other one that forecasts a recession typically one to two years out once we see it invert. So hopefully we, we get some change over there as far as what's going on with the rates and whatnot. Clearly. Anthony, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate what the Institute for Supply Management does. These are, are great reports. Uh, we have a hospital report coming up that we encourage our listeners to tune into as well. That's kind of the front lines of anything that is happening in the healthcare industry and how the hospitals are adapting to it, particularly emergency rooms and ICU beds after this pandemic period, it's been tough. But thanks again for joining us and sharing the services report with our viewers and listeners. Thank you very much, appreciate it. And we encourage all of our viewers and listeners to go to ismworld.org where you can find all of the reports that they publish and also join us at jacketmediaco.com where you can find all of the podcasts we produce and this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.